Hi everyone, it's Andrew from Stage Whisper. I wanted to give you a quick heads up about the whisper in the wings that you're about to hear. This particular interview was recorded back before the SAG-AFTRA joined the WGA in its powerful and important strike. Now, we do want to let you know that we have been told that this particular guest and its show have gotten permission from SAG-AFTRA and the other respective sources to be able to come on our show to have this interview released and to allow us to help promote this great independent film. So we want everyone out there to know that there are no picket lines being crossed. There's no bad blood. Nothing, no rules are being broken. We are still keeping firm, holding the line with SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. So you are entirely okay if you are for these strikes and supporting these wonderful workers to continue to listen to this interview and to go out and support this film. With that, please enjoy this episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Welcome back in listeners to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by a very special guest today. We have the star and co-writer of the upcoming hit film Bobcat Moretti, Tim Realbuto. Now, Bobcat Moretti is going to be playing in select theaters Friday, August 4th. It's rated R, directed by Rob Margolis, and also stars Vivica A. Fox and Taryn Manning. And this is a phenomenal-looking film. We cannot wait to see it ourselves. It's a very inspiring and powerful story. And the story behind the making of the film is also incredible. So we can't wait to share all of this with you. And we have the perfect person to do that. So let's go ahead and welcome him on. Tim, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hi. Hi, Andrew. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am so excited that you're here as well. And I'm so excited that you're joining us to talk to us about this great film, this award-winning film as well. It's picked up several awards on the festival oh, yeah, circuit. Yeah, it's Bob Moretti, it's, I, 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 like I said, I, I watched the trailer and I immediately was like, this, I have to see this. This is incredible. So can we start off by having you tell us a little bit about this film? Yes, absolutely. The movie is about a young-ish man named Bobby Moretti. He is dealing with a family, very horrible family tragedy, uh, and has gone down a spiral. He's gained a lot of weight. He uh, started, you know, smoking a lot of pot. Just like, that's very depressed, very depressed. And he's taking care of his mother who has dementia. So his life is sort of in the toilet. Eventually he finds a boxing, a boxing gym. And it was the gym that his late father, his father died when he was very young, used to box at. His father was a professional boxer. So he goes into the gym to try to get a job to try to see if maybe it'll change his life in some way or make him a better person or make him grow or make him get out, get out of this funk or just to have memories of his father even. So he goes to this gym. He meets Joe, who owns the gym, Vivica A. Fox. 
plays Joe brilliantly. And uh, she becomes his trainer. He becomes a boxer. He loses 154 pounds in the process of the film. And it's a, an, under, an underdog story, really, about a guy just trying to put his life together and how he comes out on the other side through help from his family, through uh, his trainer, and being strong himself. I don't even mean just physically strong, I mean mentally strong, coming out the other end, a completely different, better, happier person. Yes, it's, I mean, that's what I mean when I say it's such an inspiring and powerful story is it's not, I mean, it is about a tr the physical transformation, like you said, yeah. of this this character. But I really was just like hooked by the mental and the emotional journey that that takes place. I already can tell there's a great relationship that goes on between your character and the role that Vivica A. Fox plays, who's uh, the, the trainer, yeah. the gym owner, if yes. I'm thinking right. And yeah. I'm just like, I need to know more. I, I want to see more of that because that is it's the it is. It is exactly what you normally would expect in that relationship, but I can already tell that it's it, it's deeper and it, it goes in a different way than we typically see. So it, I love yes. it. I mean, they form a very special bond, which is very easy to do with her as an actress because she gave she's so such a giving scene partner and such a pro and raised my you know she raises the bar and I just try to join her up there. She's just so good, and it was. Yeah, I love the relationship between Bobby and Joe. I really do. Yeah, because physical transformation is one thing, but a mental transformation is very, very important as well. I kind of think they could go, they, in this movie, they go hand in hand. I mean, you can't really, he comes out the other end completely different. I don't know what was what's better for his health. I, I guess physically is more better for, it's better for his health, but he is a completely different person. And it just goes hand in hand. And Vivica is a big, 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 big part of what, how my character, you know, changes. Yeah. So I want to just like sidestep for a minute because there is a yeah. burning question I want to ask, but I want to, I'm wondering, how did you come upon this film or come up with the idea for the film? Because you are also the co-writer. Well, I was approached by a producer after my first film, my first lead role in the film, which is a movie called Yes, that's available on streaming everywhere. <laughs> but I was, there was a screening of that. I forgot where we were. I think it was in Jersey or Vegas. And what a big difference. <laughs> I think it was in Jersey, actually. And he approached me and the director and he said, I, I think you should do a boxing movie where, where you lose some weight. And that's all he said. That's really all he said. And then like we, me and the director sort of ran with that idea. And then I started thinking about it and thinking about it. And I was like, well, that's not enough of a stake. My, my mother in real life, Paulette, she's lived with multiple sclerosis for over 20 years. And I'm her caretaker. MS is a terrible disease, debilitating, and there's no cure for it. So I said, I think my character on top of, you know, being overweight and have maybe having these family issues I was coming up with should have MS. And that's another thing I wanted to inspire the MS community to show them that they're, that they're, that they're, you know, their mind is stronger than their body too. So in honor of my mother, I created Bobby to have MS and it was just a suggestion from a producer and you just said, do a boxing movie. I, I just, I just see it. I just see you doing a boxing movie. I had never thought I would write, write a boxing movie. That producer is no longer even attached to the project. He just kind of like sprinkled the idea and then we ran with it and we loved it. And I fell in love with, I fell in love with Bobby while writing the script. And it seems like a lot of people have, and 
Yeah, that's that's how it came about. Very simple, very, very unexpectedly. It was not going to be my next project at all. Well, speaking of unexpected, I am so excited for this next question, which is what was it like developing this film? In particular, there's a great story behind how the film was shot. There was a gap in there because of, you know, what had to happen with you, if you could kind of elaborate on that. Yeah, I'd love to. It was not an easy process <laughs> to, 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 put the, to put it pretty frankly. It was not an easy process. So we started developing the film in 2018, 19, when we started, 19 probably was when we started writing together. And, you know, it was, it was going, it was going, it was going, it was going fine. The script went through a lot of changes, but then COVID hit and we started having readings of the script on Zoom. And so it was all very weird and very disconnected. This movie's about connecting with people. So like, that's a very main theme. So being in pre-production during COVID was, was really weird to not have any connection with anybody. We even cast the movie. I didn't cast the movie, you know, the director and the casting director and the producers all, uh, I gave suggestions, but like, you know, all the casting was done. I, I didn't need anybody till we got to set. Like it was all done on, on Zoom and stuff. And I did a chemistry read on Zoom. I don't know how you do a chemistry read on Zoom, but we did it somehow. <laughs> and yeah, so developing it, knowing and then knowing it was getting made because the production company raised the money and knowing it was getting made and just doing it during COVID was crazy. So the cast came together magically. I don't know how we got the people we got. It was just magical. I remember one day the director called me saying, Taryn Manning wants to play Deborah, who's my sister-in-law. And it's actually one, it's, it's, it's a smaller part that I never thought we would ever get an, a star for. And I was like, are you sure she wants to do it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People just seem to really respond to the script and that really, the, you know, the underdog, the fight, the MS angle, because there's never been a mainstream movie about multiple sclerosis. And I think people really responded to that. I know Vivica's, Vivica's manager has multiple sclerosis. So I know she was interested because of that. And then even Academy Award winner, Sally, uh, sorry, Academy Award nominee, uh, Golden Globe winner, Sally Kirkland signed on to play my mother. And I was it just kept on getting better and better and better. And people were saying, oh, we'll do Cam Mindy Sterling plays a cat cameo role. Matt McCoy plays a cameo role. Coolio, the rapper, plays a cameo role. I have no idea how this happened. So I show up to set in LA and it was all COVID protocols and it was, you know, rough, but we filmed the part one in under two weeks and then we took 10 months off. And I don't know, I really don't know how all these actors said yes to a movie like this that was such filmed over such a long period of time with a 10 month break in the middle and not knowing whether or not I would succeed because for anyone who doesn't know who's listening my character has to lose a hundred we discussed about a hundred pounds I wound up losing more so about a hundred pounds during the movie and so the beginning of the movie I'm quite 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 overweight and it's not CGI it's not a fat suit there's no Brendan Fraser anything going on here is all real so that 10 months was spent with you know intense weight loss for me and I wound up losing 154 pounds and we went back the following year and everyone looked at me and they, they all showed up again, which was amazing. I, I, I thought people would just be like, this is never going to happen. Just leave and never show. I'll never see you again. Everybody came back 
And on that first day back, when everyone was like jaws dropped, they said, wow, this is really going to work, isn't it? Just gave me, it was, you know, so much confidence, but like, it was scary because everything really, really depended on me. <laughs> if I messed this up, like the whole movie would have fallen apart. You know, I really couldn't mess up. So yeah, it was a very intense, brutal process, but definitely life-changing and super rewarding. And to do it all during COVID too was, you know, very hard. That's amazing. Yeah. And it sounds like you've already got your next film, you know, the making of Bob Camaretti. I mean, that's, <laughs> that is a feat on its own. hundred. It's a story on its own, for sure. Yeah, we can make a huge doc, a long documentary about it. <laughs> that is incredible. So what is the message or the thought that you're hoping that audiences will walk away with when they see Bobcat Moretti? What I want people to really walk away with, and I think everyone was on the same page with this one, is that your mind is much stronger than your body. You can, if you really put yourself, if you really put yourself in a situation where success is inevitable, you will achieve it if you work hard enough. Everybody goes through horrible experiences in life. This is not just for people with MS or people who lost family members or people who deal with depression. Everyone goes through something in their life. Everyone has to overcome something. And sometimes it seems impossible. For Bobby in the movie, it seems impossible. His life seems like it's never going to get on track ever again, but it does. So we want, we just want to tell people, if you ever feel that way, if you ever feel like an underdog, if you ever feel, if you're battling an illness, it doesn't have to be MS, you know, that's not what defines you. That illness doesn't define you. Your depression doesn't define you. This obstacle doesn't define you. Only you can define yourself. You know what I mean? Only you can, can, can fight to get stronger and, and, and make your life better. And as impossible as it may seem, it's very, very possible. So we just want to let people know that, yeah, not, it's not gonna be perfect forever. Even if, you, even if you overcome that obstacle, you're not gonna be you know, happy every single day of your life. It's just, that's just human nature, but it is very possible to overcome. I love that. What a fabulous message for people to walk away yeah. with. I hope so, yeah. People at festivals and you're just coming up to me crying afterwards and saying, oh, I went through this. Oh, I went through that. Oh, my my mom has MS too. And just, I love hearing those things. It's, it's like, it's like it, that's why, you know, we make, we made this movie for that reaction. Yes. I love that. Thanks. And that's a good lead into my final question for this first part, which is, who do you hope have access to this film? Oh, everyone. I mean, I, I know that's such a typical cliche answer, but I mean, I, I think it's important for a lot of people to deal with it, uh, to, 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 to watch it. I mean, I mean, it's not for the kiddies because it's rated R, but you don't have to be into boxing. It's not, it's, it's, the boxing is there, but it's not about boxing, you know, and you don't have to have MS. You don't have to have, like I said, you don't have to, don't have to have lost people. Like, you just, I feel like you just have to be a human and ha have deal with life. If you, if you deal with life every day and sometimes you don't think you can get through the day, this is a perfect movie for you.
I want to switch things up now and let our listeners get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking you what or who inspires you? And you are also a theater artist. So I'm also going to, you know, what playwrights or composers or shows have inspired you or some of your favorites. And of course, film is in there as well. So, you know. Listen, I could talk about theater all day. <laughs> like, I, like I was telling you pre-interview, I, I grew up doing theater from, from when I was five years old, musicals, plays, you know, off-Broadway. And then I started doing concerts. I wrote a musical actually as well. I co-wrote a musical and directed it, played at the New York Musical Theater Festival at the Signature Theater. So I've, I've done all aspects of theater. Well, I, I'm going to have to say that that answer that everyone says my mom inspires me because she's the one who introduced me to music and she introduced me to theater when I at a very, very young age, she took me to see my first play when I was four years old, which is a very, <laughs> it was a production of On Golden Pond, if you can believe it, for a four-year-old, that's kind of funny. But my first Broadway show was when I was five that I saw. I was five years old and it was the original production of Into the Woods. So if you, if you, <laughs> I can see your face. Yes, that's exactly how I feel about it too. So, <laughs> and then I watched, you know, that came on the PBS, they filmed it for PBS and my mom taped it onto a VHS for me. That's, I'm aging myself here, but that's, that's whatever. I'm 38. <laughs> and, and I watched it every single day. So Into the Woods is my all time favorite musical. Bernadette Peters is my biggest inspiration. And I idol I loved her my whole life that show into the woods changed my whole course of everything for me and it's been it's come kind of full circle because it's um the tour is now here in LA the new Broadway tour with Stephanie J Block is in it and uh, I took my mom the other night to see it she took me when I was five so I took her to see the tour the other night and it was so amazing as beautiful as ever and she said it was one of the best things she'd ever seen and into the woods just remains a very special light in my life so Obviously, Into the Woods, Burned Up, Peter Stephen Sondheim is my biggest inspiration as a composer. And of course, Jason Robert Brown. And there's so many good, William Finn. My favorite playwright is Edward Albee. To me, he's Superman. I met him once and I was shaking so hard. I couldn't even like say anything. (laughs) I was just like, can you sign this for me? It was so funny. So yeah, and I, I have a lot of theater inspiration, but I guess those are like my main, main heroes. That's amazing. I mean, that is incredible. I cannot yeah. wait for your book to come out because holy it, cow. I can't wait to write a memoir about all my experiences growing up in the theater. Growing up, as I started when I was five or six, my first play I grew up very fast (laughs) and I was at I was at parties with like people I didn't I didn't understand anything it was just but it was the best things where you look back and you're like I was with so-and-so and and I didn't even realize it I mean honestly it was a crazy life it was a crazy life but I loved it I didn't want to give my mom's actually the one who told me did you want to like go to school and play sports maybe you know be like a normal kid for a little while and I said no absolutely never never I want this this is what I, I was never pushed into. I wanted it I wanted it I wanted it I loved it I feel like I grew up like Patrick Dennis and Mame did <laughs> that I feel like that was my childhood and it's funny because when I was 12 I played Patrick Dennis and Mame and I was like this is all very familiar to me this is I I do this all the time like tango dancing in the street at midnight yeah I've done that <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> but no yeah I grew up like that I grew up like like, like Patrick Dennis yeah 
I love that. Absolutely love that. Well, you mentioned a great production, the the current touring company of Into the Woods. But yeah. I wonder if you've seen any other great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners. I have seen such great theater out in here in L.A. It's been fantastic. Things that you'll be able to see in New York, too. Like I, I Into the Woods, obviously, is closing New York. I did get to see it in New York on a trip as well. So Six was just playing. I just saw Six twice out here. So uh, it was the tour was amazing. I mean, if you're in New York, go see that, go see that production of Six. Uh, I saw The Secret Garden with Sierra Bogus, which is supposed to be coming to Broadway. I hope it does because it was beautiful. I saw a transparent musical, which was based on the, it's based on the series. Uh, Peppermint was in it. Sarah Styles was in it. It was so good. It was wonderful. And I hope, hope, hope it comes to New York. Because it's it's fantastic. It's important. It's beautiful, beautiful. Great performances. Great. I couldn't recommend it high, highly enough. And then other things like I saw the tour of Dear Evan Hansen, which was great. And I saw the seventeen seventy six All Woman Revival, which was wonderful. And then I'm gonna I'm, I, I I don't know what to recommend because I'm sure a lot of your listeners are in New York. But there's a great theater out here in LA called A Noise Within in Pasadena that always does great work. And then there's the Pasadena Playhouse, which did the, just did their Sondheim celebration season. So I saw a little night music and I saw Sunday in the Park with George and both were phenomenal. And then we saw Bernadette Peters in concert. It was all part of the season, which was again, full circle. There's the Geffen Playhouse out here that does amazing shows. They did one of the last year they did Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with Calista Flockhart and Zachary Quinto and Graham Phillips and Amy Carrera. And it was so phenomenal i saw it four times like that was the best thing i've seen since i got out here besides into the woods probably <laughs> and yeah so there's a lot of really surprise i was one of the things i was worried about when i moved out here a year and a half ago is like, i'm gonna miss theater in new york but no I'm, I'm i'm seeing a lot of great stuff i am going to new york this next weekend uh, actually this week friday to film a movie and uh, i'll be seeing some stuff that I'm dying to see on Broadway. So I have I have some tickets lined up for a, a very short trip. I have quite a few shows lined up to say the least. <laughs> what is your favorite part about working in the theater or in film? I will, well, I love, I like working in the theater. I think I love working in the theater more because there's, okay, so there's like, there's, there's a connection you have with the audience, of course, which is the final cast member, in my opinion. And there's the the energy you get from them. And when you're doing theater, you just have to keep going. You're on an emotional journey that starts from the first scene and then you go in order <laughs> and it goes to the end. And and that's a very simple thing to say, but when you're doing film, it's nothing like that. And it can be very, very stressful. I remember a scene in Bobcat Moretti where I couldn't, I was trying to get there emotionally before the cameras were rolling and it was the last scene of the movie, but we were filming it earlier. You know, you, you film out of order. And I'm standing there with Vivica and the tears are about to come. And she, and she said, okay, guys, he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. We got to do it now. We got to do it now. And then a plane would go by and sound would have to be like, sorry, we can't go. Or a light would go out and then be like, sorry, we can't go. So there's all those things that happen and getting to the emotional place every time you have to film the scene 20 times is so hard. And that's what I love about theater. You do it, you have to do it no matter what, do it once and go on that journey no matter what happens and in order and with a live audience. Uh, but I, I love, 
I love film because I love the idea of the culture of film and, you know, coming together and watching films. It's a beautiful thing. It's something I've always loved doing. I do love working on, you know, working for such a long time with the same people, which you do in theater as well, if, if you're lucky. But yeah, the collaboration on film is pretty special. And your performance is then captured forever. And that's something that's very cool and scary because what if you did something wrong and now it's captured forever? At least in theater, if you, if you think you suck one night, go back the next night and be like, I'm going to be better tonight. So on film, you better make sure you get it right because <laughs> it's going to be there forever. So there's, there's, there's a lot of, I love both, but if I had to pick one, I'm going to pick theater. Yeah. I love the journey of it. I love, I love, I love the community of theater. I can't wait to, I haven't done a play since 2019, so I can't wait to get back. You're long overdue to return to the stage. We've kept one warm for you here in New York. We're waiting for you to return. If they invite me, I'll be there. Fly you out and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? This is a good question. I have, I have one. I have a very good theater memory that I love. Of course, I have to mention being five years old, seeing my first Broadway show into the woods, but, but like a memory that's just really stuck in my head. If I can go back in time and sit through this performance all over again, it's the one I would choose. And that was seeing, I actually get asked this question a lot. And it's always the same answer. So yeah. Good. I'm glad not to think about it. Okay. So it was seeing Medea on Broadway starring Fiona Shaw, who's I think one of the greatest stage actors of all time. And I was sitting there in the theater. I was a teenager. I wasn't sure I even wanted to see the show. I didn't know who Fiona Shaw was at the time. Harry Potter hadn't come out yet. And sitting there watching Medea, which I had never seen or read. I was so blown away by her performance and what she did and I said I did not know a performance could change you that much I felt like from that night to like today I feel like a different person after say I feel like there's life before Medea and life after Medea I was sitting in the theater with my best friend at the time and I had my first panic attack because the show was so terrifying and she was so terrifying in it I was actually like convulsing and like couldn't breathe and I was holding on to chairs like this and like but it all added to the experience and then the, the la- there was the last moment where she's just splashing Jason with some water as the lights are slowly dimming and just my whole view of what the theater can do for you even though I knew how special the theater was was changed I was like I, I didn't know a performance could do this for me I didn't I did not I had no idea I feel like I walked out of that theater a different person and a better actor, if that makes any sense. It's very weird to me. I think about that show all the time. I wish I could have seen it a hundred more times, but maybe not because that one night was very, very special. Something I'll never forget. That is a wonderful memory. Wow. Yeah. What a show too. What a show. What a show. I got to meet her after the show and I, I, I just... I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, I think you just changed my life. <laughs> Please come back to New York and do more. I've always wanted to play Medea since then. And that, you know, that's not going to happen. But 
it kind of did because during the pandemic, I was part of a group called Insomniac Productions and we did plays on Zoom for audiences. And the producer of that said, is there anything like a role you really want to play? Like you desperately want to play? I said, I want to play Medea. <laughs> and I kind of said it as a joke, but he's like, all right, if we get a female Jason, we can make that work. So I actually did do a reading of Medea with a female Jason during the pandemic. <laughs> so I guess I got to live out my dream a little bit. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. Are there any other projects or productions you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Yeah, yes, yes. Well, after Bobcat Moretti opens in, in August, later on in the year, I'm... I don't know exactly when they're coming out. I want to say one's coming out in October, one's coming out in December, although I haven't been told officially. Did a movie called Werewolf Game, which is a horror film, really like a psychological thriller that I loved doing. I had the best time of my life doing. I'm just an actor in it. It's about 12 villagers who get captured and they have to play a game to get out. And it was really fascinating, a great story. It's based on the, the, the party game Werewolf, which is a card game created in the 80s. It was fin- it was so much fun. I'm, Tony Todd from Candyman is in that movie and Bai Ling and Robert Picardo from Star Trek and Lydia Hurst is in it. Tila Dunn, it's a fantastic cast. I had such a great time. So yeah, I'm one of the 12 people who get captured in that one. So I loved going to set in that one because I didn't have to produce it, didn't have to write, just had to show up and act and it was great. And the cast was so wonderful to uh, We bonded so fast. And we just shot for a month in Malibu and it was beautiful. So I think that'll be coming out around October. And then I went to New York last year to film romantic, a dark romantic comedy called Infidelity. I star in with an amazing cast, uh, Chris Parnell from Saturday Night Live and Anchorman and uh, Cara Buono from Stranger Things and uh, Dennis Haysbert, the Allstate guy. <laughs> and let's see, Ileana Douglas and Willow Shields from The Hunger Games. It was such a great cast. It's the same director as Bobcat Moretti. So uh, yeah, it was a really very cool experience to work with those people. So those two movies are coming out. And then I have a movie I'm shooting next week in New York called Hero, which is about mental illness, something I, I, I advocate for advocate for very, 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 very much. So that's why I wanted to do that. And then next year I have two more that I'm filming. One is an indie called Fruit of Our Womb. It's still being cast. I think I'm the only person cast in it now. And another is a biopic that I actually can't talk about yet, but it's going to be, it's going to be good. (laughs) Oh, that sounds so exciting. So you've got a lot of projects going and it's a perfect reason for our next question, which is if our listeners want more information about Bobcat Moretti or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? Absolutely. I love talking to people. Um, and Tim Real Buto official is my Instagram. And that's how it's T-I-M-R-E-A-L-B-U-T-O official. <laughs> so please find me on there and say hi. I post all my, I have a Facebook fan page too. I don't really go on it that much. So you, if you really want to find me, find me on Instagram. I post all the, you know, my, my career stuff on Instagram. And if you want to find Bobcat Moretti, just at Bobcat Moretti on Instagram or and Twitter. I have a Twitter too, but again, don't use it very much. If you want to find me, Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. 
Well, Tim, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and thank speak you. with us about this amazing film, about all the incredible projects you have coming. And holy cow, these memories you shared. I still can't get over you getting to see that original production of Into the Woods. I am just agog yeah. about that. But thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so wonderful. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. My guest today has been the star and co-writer of the film, Bobcat Moretti, which will be playing in select theaters starting Friday, August 4th. Bobcat Moretti is rated R and directed by Rob Margolis, and it also stars Vivica A. Fox and Taryn Manning. You can get more information about it or follow it on Instagram at Bobcat Moretti. You can also get more information and reach out to Tim by following him on Instagram at Tim Real Buto official. We are so excited about seeing this film. So stay tuned to us for upcoming release dates and upcoming theaters here in the New York area. And I'm sure there'll be a nationwide release soon. So stay tuned for that. But if you're anywhere near where this film is being released, you do not, do not want to miss this inspiring, powerful, just incredible film, Bobcat Moretti, directed by Rob Margolis and starring our guest, Tim Realbuto in select theaters Friday, August 4th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. And the lines of old-